1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Believe in Florida Gators. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. You can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Brandon Carroll. You can find him at It's Be Carroll. And, folks, we have been teasing at it for a couple of episodes, um, and we finally got it all figured out. We have our third co-host in the mix here. He is someone that is certainly special to Florida Gators football, and we are... Stoked, ecstatic to have him here. Dominic Easley. Dominic, say what's up to the people, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey,
0: what's up, everybody? Now, thank you guys for allowing me to continue a part of this great adventure, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into Florida. I'm excited to talk about each other.
1: And that we're going to be doing quite a bit today as we get ready for, you know it, the biggest game of the year, especially um, this year with the way things have kind of unfolded. Florida versus Georgia this Saturday. Uh, Before we move into that, I'll throw it over to Brandon as well. Brandon, uh, how are you doing this fine, fine Thursday?
2: I'm doing well. I'm excited to have uh, Dominique here along with us. I think it's going to be a very fun adventure. Like he said, it's (laughs) going to be some fun stories, some fun times, and just breaking down Florida football from a different perspective of someone that used to play for the program. So excited to have him along and try to continue what we have rolling here at Believe in Florida Gators.
1: And we are certainly going to be getting into the perspectives that Dominic can provide. That's how we're going to start this episode. Actually, looking back on Florida Georgia through his lens, before we get into what is uh, what is going to be an interesting game. Um, we I'll throw a word to our sponsors real quick over at BetOnline. Online. They currently have the spread for this game at twenty two point five points. In Georgia's favor it is the biggest spread in available data since I believe 1995 just unlike anything we've seen from this rivalry in a long time bet online also wants you to know that basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, and, of course, college football. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. To receive your reward, bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Dominic, let's get into this. I want to know <laughs> your favorite memory from this from this game. And, and I know it gets heated. I know that there um, there can be a lot, even in in losses. I would assume that th- there are things that stand out about this rivalry more than other games.
0: Yeah, it definitely it it was a surprise to me my first time um being a part of it my first my rookie my freshman year um we won that's when I don't know if you guys remember this is 2011 that's when Will Hill had took back the, the interception um and we all like went crazy because we was definitely supposed to lose that game <laughs> We were so what people say right we were supposed to lose a game and then um yeah, took back that interception and then that game became, I guess, a bigger light in my eyes. Like this is really I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's up there with Florida State, but it's right it's right around that type of rivalry. Um rivalry. My I say my one of my coolest memories of the game. Unfortunately we lost. This was my sophomore year in two thousand twelve. Fortunately we lost. We went in there as number two. There was number ten. Um Fortunately, we had six turnovers, but unfortunately, we had six turnovers on the offense as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that was a that was a, a shaker right there. Um, but one of them was I remember I think this was like on the either second down or third down. I think they gave Todd a, a draw, and he had came up the middle, and we had smacked him. And we was just talking smack all in his face. And I don't know if you guys know or have talked the time, but he's a smack talker back. And he was coming <laughs> and he was coming right back at us. But that was one of my greatest memories because when I had wound up going to the Rams, every day we used to talk about that. Like we used to always talk about Florida versus Georgia and how we used to always get at each other's neck and everything like that. So it was it was a great memory because I got to actually like Have a conversation with somebody on the other side of it you know what i mean
1: yeah and the passion it it clearly continues on you know to the nfl it's one of those games that you can't forget
0: oh yeah without a doubt i one one thing though i always wish that could have happened because we never get to play in georgia so i always wish that we was able to play in georgia i don't there was i think two seasons right i think 95 94 95 is when they played at in atlanta yeah so i always wish that we was able to have that experience but the whole Jack, even the trip to jacksonville is just like different like it's just like just everything leading up to it you understand what that what it actually means to us as gators you know what i mean so i think one we have to come away with this one because they've been they've been busting our ass excuse my language these last couple of years
2: <laughs> yeah you're stirring up some uh some uh, talks with the the Athens, Gainesville kind of back and forth. That's something that's going on big right now, trying to move it away from Jacksonville, things like that. So um, yeah, it's kind of interesting yeah. hear, hearing that you would like to go play in, and if you had the opportunity to go play in Sanford Stadium.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been a talk, and that's what that's what I've been hearing about too. Um, the contract is about to be up. I think this next year, the contract is about to be up twenty twenty three. Yeah, they and- have
1: the option to extend it. Uh, to 2025, right? Yeah, with the deadline is this upcoming June.
0: This yeah, so it's it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, it's a cool experience to go to Georgia, but as we know, you take away home advantage on both sides when you go to Jacksonville, and it's it's a um I feel like the game yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a pretty cool game. Like I've never seen a game where it's it's a whole stadium outside the stadium. Right. <laughs> Big yeah. Thing, you know? <laughs> and, and to
1: have that genuine 50-50 split is, is unlike anything you see in sports anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get it, like to Kirby Smart's point about recruiting and how this is one of those games that you, you know, if you're a coach that's picky about when you host official visits, this is the game that you would host official visits for. So I, I totally understand why that's a factor here. But then it leads me to the idea of the importance of the tradition. And even if you are going to have these scheduling conflicts within the SEC, I have to think that there's a way they could rotate it, right? You do Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville, Atlanta, something of the sort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And he he did make a great point as far as getting getting the recruits to come into the games. Um, But he also did make a great point as – the, as we all know, what runs the world, right? Money, yeah. with the fun, what what the Jacksonville game actually brings in for both the universities. So it's it's a you got to see, got to weigh out the options, you know. But it'll be like you said, it'll be cool to have some type of alternate schedule to where, like you said, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville. So it'll be. I'm I'm interested to see. But yeah. I miss the damn game. That's.
1: No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) Well, it's going to be interesting to see this weekend, too, where it will be in Jacksonville. And as we alluded to earlier, 22.5 point spread, unlike anything we've seen in a long time. And I've been I said this on a pod the other night, um, not written my prediction yet, but I'm almost extremely confident that Florida covers. I don't really know why. I don't like to base my prediction based off of past results in the same game. But, you know, I, I see absolutely no way, shape, or form that this is like last year's game. And compared to that, you know, that was a four-touchdown difference in the end. And they're just – makers are shaving off one touchdown. I feel like that maybe they think they're being generous. I, I don't necessarily agree. I don't know. It, it, it's got to be closer. It's Florida-Georgia. That's just how this game goes.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. It, it, for me, it's just like the Patriots and the Jets, right, no matter – what their schedule will look like, that will be a tough game mm. at all times. And for Florida, Georgia, it has always been a tough game. They're all going to play, one, where we're taking away home field advantage. Two, it's just a passionate game. That's like the Florida Florida versus Florida State game. You just come with different things. You just come with a different emotion. You just come with a different understanding of, no, there's more on the line than just a game, which I hope – hopefully – these, these these young cats can understand that and come with something different this week.
2: How does the kind of game evolve for you going from a freshman to sophomore and kind of going down the line? Does it become a bigger, uh, you know, you're going in, you're like, we need to beat this team. This is, you know, our one of our biggest rivals. Does that kind of change how you view it year by year, just seeing the emotion that you poured into it the previous season?
0: Oh, without a doubt, it becomes personal. Without a doubt. It definitely becomes personal. Um, Being in college compared to the NFL, I won't say that. The NFL, we got some personal games, but Florida, Georgia, Florida, Florida, Florida versus State. Florida versus Florida State, personal, without a doubt. Like, you make sure you mark this down on the schedule. That's what we used to do. We used to circle this in the locker room. That, Florida State, we used to circle that in the locker room and make sure everybody knows when this week comes up, there better be not one incident that happens outside of this, (laughs) outside of these walls. And they better be just focused on beating these cats behind. When
1: you guys look and and I'll throw to you, Brandon, and then Dominic, um, when you look at how Florida has performed this season and you stack it up to Georgia, obviously, you know, it, it, it seems daunting, but where has Florida impressed you enough paired with, Maybe where Georgia has, I don't even want to call them weak spots, but I guess where could you see Florida winning some matchups in this game to give the Gators at least a fighting chance?
2: Yeah, I know it sounds, this is going to sound crazy just because of the talent that Georgia carries on their defensive line, but I've been impressed with Florida's rushing game so far this season. They've had their moments, they've had their, you know, times where they have been a near elite unit the offensive line's gotten considerable push throughout really each game this season. And I think the kind of duo of Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne, and then you obviously have guys like Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Lingard even rotating in as in relief of those two. Um, there, It's just a lot that goes into kind of beating Georgia. And one of the things we've seen consistently is the rushing leader is normally going to win the game. Obviously you have the anomalies, but there is times where, or like for the most part, the rushing leader is going to be able to control the game as a whole. It's going to be able to come out victorious or at least keep it close against a talented team like Georgia. So I think mainly where I think Florida can win this game if, it, if they're able to kind of create some push in the rushing game and you know continue their uh, six yards per carry from the two dominant backs that have um, really led the way for this Florida offense this season when Anthony Richardson isn't doing something spectacular.
1: Yeah, and I'll add to that too, it's it, it's a different animal, right? Obviously, Georgia is not the, – the, the defenses of Tennessee and Missouri and Kentucky do not compare to just the absurd amount of talent that's been added to this unit over the years by Kirby Smart. That being said, Tennessee, Missouri, and Kentucky are the next three teams, maybe not in that exact order, in the SEC in terms of rushing defense. Tennessee's actually been surprisingly close in terms of yardage allowed – um per game. Now, granted, offenses are trying to catch up usually, but all in all, they've been pretty consistently sound against the run. Florida's had no problem running the ball on these teams. Uh Tennessee game they again they had to pass quite a bit. We saw Anthony do it, but they still were efficient running the ball. Uh Missouri, it took a little bit of time to break through, but ultimately that's what won Florida the game is when Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson found their groove in the second half. I like to think that they can do it against Georgia you know two of the things that they succeed with the most is creating yardage after contact forcing missed tackles um, and ultimately that leads to a lot of efficiency and even against great form tacklers obviously very disciplined Georgia defenders I have to think that these two players considering how consistent they've been will you know make their presence known at least in some way shape or form to be effective
0: yeah, no, I definitely agree. Definitely agree with you guys. The one thing that separates us from the rest of the SEC is our consistency on the ground, right? Um, especially now we're bringing back Osiris. Uh, you know, he he's coming back this game, so hopefully he's a big spark that helps that O line um, really takes takes the game over. Uh, Georgia has a lot of talent on on that defensive line, but at the same time, I don't think they got the the stamina to really keep up especially if Florida's smart enough to spread it out spread them out and make them run a little bit that's the one thing that I remember playing you got to catch that second you got to catch that second win. whoever's the first to catch that second win is going to be able to control the game and once you start controlling the game just don't allow big plays take it real smart take it real smart take it simple keep it on the ground use um AR's feet use him a lot um And really just pound 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 like we said usually whoever wins that rushing game comes out on top on this game
2: you mentioned yeah i think uh, oh go ahead brandon i was just going to kind of add on to that he mentioned osiris torrance's return and i think that's been obviously the strength of the gators offensive line this season is is torrent so i think trying to kind of gear it towards running toward that right side of the line with um torrance as well as a guy like austin barber and or Michael Tarquin, whichever one, is the one that's, you know, suits up there for whichever drive, I think is going to be a big part of Florida's offense. Because the right side of the line has been stellar to this point in the season. It's been the unit that, you know, if if they need yards, they're going to go to that right side of the line. They're going to follow number 54 to a first down or, you know, to a big gain, whatever, because he's able to push dudes off the off the defensive line. I think just having that ability to know like, okay, this guy's a, you know, we we can rely on him each and every down, even though he's coming off an injury. I still think that's a huge luxury for Florida to have against the front seven of Georgia that is going to be rotating talent at a level that we, Florida hasn't seen to this point in the season, because no team compares to Georgia's level of talent really outside of Alabama, which obviously Florida hasn't played or won't play this year. So I think just having that kind of luxury of Osiris Torrance returning and then one of the younger guys at right tackle is going to be a huge help for the Gators establishing that rushing attack.
1: Yeah, I will circle back to the point I was going to raise before, but what you just said actually leads me to a great question, I think, for Dom. We, we've seen the importance of rotating defensive linemen uh, to keep them fresh, especially in this day and age of, of spreading the ball out a lot more and making guys run more. Florida's taken that approach I think to the offensive line this year and I don't think that that's necessarily as common um they've had players even though they're very comfortable with their starting five they've had Richie Leonard appear in every single game at one of two guard spots um they've had Austin Barber fill in for Tarquin while he was injured and then last week even though it was Tarquin's first game back maybe they were trying to get him fresh but they rotated him a little bit you know it was kind of a drive-by-drive thing and now he and Barber have flipped spots on the depth chart. They're both still co-first teamers, but now Tarquin is technically that first guy. Uh, I guess what all of that leads me to is, it's an interesting thing, but do you, could you see that being beneficial? You know, having two bodies, uh, a flex tackle and a flex guard to rotate against a line that is certainly going to do the same thing against you.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be beneficial to a point, right? If we... If we understand, if we look at matchups, right? You look at the guard position, look at the tackle position. If the guard, if the guard position is dominating the tackle, then there's no need to to do the rotating. You know, like keep them in there, keep the bodies going. But it's a great thing when Georgia's moving the ball a certain way, or um, Florida's moving this ball a certain way. You want to keep those guys fresh, especially like I said in this game. It really comes down to that second win a lot of guys like that anxiety that that wait for this game gets us tired quick you know like we exert a lot of energy before the game so it's taking those taking those factors into accountability um and really just utilizing your matchups like like i said if you see somebody dominating somebody keep them in run it but if it's not working it can become a problem because then that's when you start to see patterns that's when a must champ understands a Florida's offense and start, okay, when this guy comes out, they run in this play, or when this guy comes out, it's going to be in this formation. So that's when you see patterns. So it can become detrimental, but at the same time, it can be beneficial.
1: Yeah. I certainly think that's a unique perspective. And I'm curious for your perspective on this as well. You mentioned, you know, not giving up explosive plays. And I think I'd be remiss not to ask you for your opinion seven weeks in uh, of what you've seen of Florida's defense. And, and I think um, there was certainly some hell raised by fans on Wednesday night when after the bye week, there weren't um, there weren't any noticeable adjustments to the depth chart. And I will give mm-hmm. Billy Napier credit for this. He said earlier in the day on the teleconference that he didn't really anticipate many besides Osiris Torrance coming back That being said, there could certainly be rotational changes based on things they've seen in practice over the last two weeks. They were awarded more time to make those kinds of adjustments. So with that, uh, what's your take, again, A, on the defense as a whole, but also this approach to the Georgia week, if you are going to make changes, how you would go about it?
0: Um, I think he did a great job on not making those changes um, right before the week because, one, you take away – Uh, The preparation for Georgia. Right. Right. Like you now you got them guessing. So I think that was a great strategic way to go about it. Um, The defensive line has to come like they has to one one noticeable guy. Obviously, he just came from Georgia as Brent Cox. Like he's gonna. This is a game. If he doesn't show up, we will have trouble, you know, because they're gonna. One thing about Georgia, they're gonna go after him because they know his weaknesses and they know his strengths. So they, they're going to know how to play against him. So he's definitely going to have to show up. And the rest of the defensive line is going to have to do their, do their thing. But it's going to come down to that offensive line and that defensive line. Like, whoever wins up front is going to dominate this game. And we have to get it done early. That's the thing. And knowing Muschamp, Champ is going to bring it. He's going to be blitzed. He's going to blitz the hell out of Florida. Like, his thing, I can already understand. And we all see it, right? when anthony richardson when he gets a little fragile or fragile
1: yeah flustered
0: he makes mistakes yeah flustered yeah. he makes mistakes you know what i mean um so he i know that's going to be one thing that much champ is going to try to start at the early at the early part of this game um so we just got to really like that O line is going to have to really pick up and that d line we're going to have to bring that same pressure
2: yeah, for sure. Games are one in the trenches. It starts in the trenches. I think mm-hmm. you know that better than anybody as someone <laughs> that's played in the trenches. But I think I was kind of curious, just kind of having played under muchchamp and now him being on the opposite sideline. You mentioned how he's going to try to send pressure after AR, who's struggled when he's kind of been in the face of uh, various tests this season against you know Kentucky, even USF at points. But what does Muschamp do that you think AR could – kind of take advantage of if there's anything?
0: Uh, Really them drop down safeties. When Muschamp dropped them safeties down, take it over top. And that's one thing I feel like we've been really successful with is those those long bombs and making those explosive plays. So I think coming out the gate, we need to match their intensity. So Muschamp brings it, we throw it over top and start this game out in a great way, you know? And I just that just takes me back to the Alabama game in 2011. We knew they was coming with their whole defense. They had high tower. They had all them great, great guys, right? We knew they was coming. First play of our game was a bomb straight to the touchdown, straight to the end zone by the Bolts. So it's just like matching that intensity, understanding what this game's gonna be like, and trying to take over the the game from the start.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting too because that play that they've run, um, I think we've seen it on. Th- three opening drives this year and two of them were successful. Each of them were to Justin shorter and he is going to be going up against defensive backs. He is much taller than assuming that Georgia's starting exactly. corners remain the same. They've also added variations to it. There's, you know, an outside release to get outside the numbers. There's a, there's a post option to it. It's, it really could be matchup based on what he and Anthony see as well. And and clearly teams have had the opportunities to prepare for it on the opening drive, and yet Florida's only been successful with the play. So I'd like to see that too. Um, I think high-low concepts, even if you're just going towards half the field and letting Anthony roll out where he's comfortable, uh, to the same point with those drop-down safeties, you you can pull one down maybe with a mesh concept and, and get Anthony to find someone sitting in his own in the intermediate levels. And you do want to get that started early, not only to match Georgia's intensity, but you want to get him into a very quick rhythm. I think we noticeably and granted nerves were a huge factor for him last year, but we saw him not really get into a rhythm to start the Georgia game last year. And ultimately, once one bad thing happened, things started to fall apart and into into Anthony's credit. I don't necessarily see him. Faltering like that this year, you know, if he throws a pick, I don't necessarily think the game is over like it was last year. I think he's shown enough resiliency through his starts this year to to start to be able to bounce back from those kind of
0: plays. Agree. And just to put that out there, he has something to play for this year, as we know. What happened last year? he Got benched, right? Right. So he has he has something to play for this year, and I think he's going to understand that. And starting the game out with those. uh deep threats is only going to open up the running game, you know, so he's, he's going to have to, he's going to have to play forward, Like he's gonna.
2: Yeah. I think one thing that is kind of interesting with, you know, Florida that may not be in their favor um, is the fact that he's done so well in play action this year. So playing off the running game, which is, like I said earlier, has been kind of the uh, anchor to this offense is having that play action, you know, a lot of moving pockets, things like that. But with the pressure that Georgia brings, is there going to be, you know, enough time for him to really let those routes develop downfield as they attempt to run in play action? That's a question mark going into this game. So it's just kind of little things like that that can, you know, there's, there's his successes that, you know, you want to try to highlight as a play caller, but then you also have to tailor it to the pressure that you said Georgia will bring. So do you see kind of a – uh Drop off in the amount of play action Florida runs, or do you think Billy Napier kind of sticks with the uh, game plan he's kind of operated all season long, letting that running game open up the pass game?
0: Listen, B, you hit it right on the head <laughs> when you said that that play action has to stop. It's not going to work this game. Like they're going to, like you said, he's not going to have enough time. Champ is going to understand that, and that's one of his favorites: run the play action. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. So we're going to definitely going to have to get up out of that. Um, so I agree. I definitely agree with you. I don't. I don't see Billy Napier sticking with the play action. If he does, I say a couple of trick plays, you know, that's a couple of flea flickers and stuff like that. But outside of that, we need to get away from that. Keep it simple. Keep, like they said, keep it simple, stupid.
1: I think here soon we'll want to wrap up with some predictions. But first, I want to get your feeling for flipping it over to the other side. I think the long-awaited um, evolution. Of the Georgia offense has come this year. You know, hiring Todd in a couple of years ago and seeing what he did at other schools, uh, obviously in his extensive time in the pros, kind of a, a spread it out pass happier guy. People were wondering how it would mesh with Georgia. Obviously, they continued to run the ball with Zamir White and James Cook to great success. It won them a national championship last year. They had their two main guys, and the passing game was almost a compliment. And I think this year it's finally shifted. They they've got four rushers within like fifteen to twenty attempts of each other, so there's no you know standout Zamir to Todd Gurley to Nick Chubb to anyone like that. And Stetson Bennett is playing the most efficient football of his career so far. Uh, so when you look at this, and, and we look on where Florida has done things well defensively, where they haven't done things well defensively. What stands out to you about the Georgia offense and where do you see potential for Florida to limit it now that it's different, I guess, than the Georgia offenses we've seen in the past? Uh, Dom, if you'd like to start.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Georgia doesn't have a consistent runner, right? Um, I, I believe that we're going to be able to take advantage of that. And obviously they're, they're wide receivers, they threats, but I don't, I don't I don't see. I feel like it comes. It's gonna come down to the big plays. I don't see a particular person being able to take over this game. Um, I don't see. I don't see Georgia having those multiple explosion of plays. You know what I mean. Um, I think for me, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I'm thinking we're gonna have a seventeen twenty game. If it's not going to be a 17, if it's not going to be a seventeen twenty, 20, I think it's going to either be a 40, 17, I mean, forty fourteen 14 kind of game or a 17, 20 game is going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to a field goal.
1: I agree with you that if it's not a landslide for Georgia, it's going to be much closer than people think. Um, and I'm definitely curious to see what they can do to make sure they prevent those explosive plays because those have been issues throughout the year. And while that offense is so re- well recruited, uh, I I agree in the sense that I don't think there's a ton of necessary like takeover players aside from the obvious Brock Bowers.
0: Bowers, yeah. Mm-hmm. That
1: that is where my concern is, and I, I don't know if they're gonna have answers. But the thing is, is, to ridiculous. your to your point though, <laughs> like I don't, but I don't think Lad McConkney, Lee what. McCon or yeah McConkey. McConkey. I don't uh, McConkey. I yeah, I messed that up bad. No, okay. I don't think he would take over the game. I don't know if their receivers necessarily would take over this game cuz while Stetson's been efficient, he's still not the the huge play threat as a quarterback. But ultimately it it goes through Bowers. So I guess my question there is how would you if you were operating this Florida defense try to take him away without opening up too
0: much else? Hit him off the line. When they spread him out, make sure you, you're going to have to be aggressive with him. I don't think he's an aggressive kind of player. Mm-hmm. Great, great talent, as we can see, right? His numbers speak for itself. Um, but as far as getting him off his game, going to have to hit him in his mouth. Like, that's one thing I think if, if Billy Napier is smart, that's one thing I learned at the Patriots, right? When you have a great tight end, when you have a great figure like that on the line, the best thing to do is just go straight at him because no reality, right? Let's be honest. Nowadays, tight ends, they're not the same type of tight ends we're talking about Tony Gonzalez. Like those tight ends that like to put some little ground and pound to it. They're pretty boys now. They're they just a bigger wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> they're just a bigger wide receiver. So its I think that's something that if we're smart, using those stand-up DNs, hitting them every single play, don't give them a break you don't give him a break, I guarantee you he will not be there to show up for this game.
1: Brandon, I think it's time. Uh, We know Dom's prediction now. I still don't even really have a score prediction, truth be told. I'm going to do something similar, I guess. But what are you thinking in terms of outcome here?
2: What are we looking at? It's such a difficult thing to predict this game. Um, like I, I agree with y'all in that Florida has a great opportunity to cover, and if it's not a blowout, it's going to be relatively close. I don't, I don't want to say a field goal just because. I, I if it is a field goal, I feel like it's a late cover or like a late you know Florida scores to push within a field goal, and then they just kind of stall and, and everything like that happens. But overall, I do think that Florida plays in a in a way against this divisional rival this you know border state borderline rival to remain in the contest with you know where people don't necessarily think that's going to happen um and i think the biggest thing is just florida or georgia having tennessee next weekend because tennessee has been daunting for everyone this season and you know it's never you never look over the florida georgia game but if there was an opportunity to i think this is the game that georgia would look over this season just because of who stands in front of florida so overall i think Florida finds some success offensively. I think Anthony Richardson has a good day, um, not necessarily a turnover-free day, because like uh, Dominique said, Georgia's going to give them uh, give them a few looks, some pressures, and they're, he's you know going to have some short windows to make make throws, and I think that could lead to an interception or two. But I think Florida sticks around long enough to you know kind of have a chance in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm going to put it at 31 to 20, Georgia.
0: I like that. I like that. And just to take my words, we will have a defensive touchdown this game.
1: All right. I think that would make a lot of people happy regardless Mm -hmm. of the result.
2: Any
1: like flashes uh, like Jaden Hill, right? A couple weeks ago, people still had their issues with the defense, but they looked at him as like, hey, we have a defensive spark here. And that was missing in years past. We've seen that in several games this year. You know, some big plays and big moments that are necessary, and that would certainly be necessary in this game. I was talking to someone last night, and they said they get the feeling that Florida may cover, but just ever so close, and that Georgia's going to score forty points. I don't see Georgia scoring forty points in this game. I don't see either team scoring four. I don't necessarily. I don't see Florida going over thirty. I don't see Georgia hitting forty. I like I said earlier believe it will be closer to a two touchdown game. So preemptively, I'm going to say something along the lines of 34 to 21. But don't hold me to it. I might change that by tomorrow when I officially post my prediction over on allgators.com. No, I'm
0: definitely excited. I'm definitely excited to see. I think. I I think. Once we allow the momentum to be on our side, and I'm um, putting this in the air, we will take over that momentum when we get that strip sack, fumble, touchdown.
1: Speaking into existence, man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Have to.
0: laughs>
1: well, I think that will just about wrap it up. Unless you guys have any parting notes um, on this game. Um, obviously, the the importance of it. Um, you know, it can't really be spoken any greater at this point. But if you guys have anything, uh, speak now or forever. Hold your peace.
2: I was just going to say, I thought it was funny when you were talking about how Georgia won't score 40. I could just see the pain uh, on Dominique's face as a defender, thinking that that could be a possibility. Uh, just shaking his head. No, that can't
0: happen. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't, we can't let that happen. We cannot let that happen.
2: <laughs> I got why they were saying
1: it, because they obviously have a ton of respect for Georgia.
0: And that's where they've been nice. at this whole season. They they've been in that forty point range. You know what I mean? So they I see the expectation, but when you mm-hmm. understand the severity of this game, you will understand that this is not happening. No,
1: I completely agree. Well, in that case, Dominic, we are thrilled again to have you as a member of this show going forward. Thank you for joining us on obviously what's a what's a monumental week here. Uh, and we're looking forward to having you back on again, uh, give everyone, you know, a little plug as to where they can find, uh, you to interact with you, find the pod from your page, stuff
0: like that. Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media. Uh, my, my Instagram is at easy 91. Uh, Twitter is Dominique easily. Um, you can find, uh, you'll find the posting of the podcast there as well. So go on and check it out and just know that at the end of the day, it's all go Gators
1: and Brandon let's uh let's get it from you as well I know we've got a lot of uh written work we're doing too in the days leading up so if there's anything you want to plug now's the time
2: yeah absolutely obviously uh big commitment um coming up oh whoa whoa don't put it like that what you can't
1: that sounds like you're guaranteeing a commitment
2: no, big, no. Big I'm just saying there's a commitment
1: going on today. Big potential that's gonna happen. Commitment. Big no. potential that's gonna put happen. Put it in the air.
0: That's what that's what I like, B. Put, it, right, in put air, B. it in the air, B. <laughs>
2: no. hey, I see, just meant there's a there's see, a commitment that is happening with Florida in it tonight. And that is something that's gonna be big for you know people to watch. So I think just having that rolling into the Georgia weekend, if that is something that happens, is gonna be you know exciting for Florida fans to at least watch, even if it doesn't end up happening. But I think that uh, you can check out our work at allgators.com and also follow me on Twitter at It's B Carol. For what it's worth, I do like
1: Florida's odds to land Cormani McLean. I just see the heat some uh, recruiting reporters get for crystal balls and things of the like, so I'm just trying to protect you. I feel you. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, tune in with us next week. We'll be recapping this game. If Cormani McLean's a Gator, we sure as hell will be talking about it. Uh, That would be monumental. Uh, and with that, I'm Zach Goodall. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online and we will catch you guys next time.